Welcome to Hate Ass Butt. There we go. Yay! Yeah. So coming to you from different points in yeah, time and space. Locations. From this parts is our unknown. Very first <laughs> remote <laughs> recording. Yeah. It feels like I'm doing something illegal. I know, right? <laughs> what, right? What's something that feels illegal but isn't? Pirate radio. No, that is. Not. <laughs> I mean, I think that is. That is <laughs> Being a pirate is illegal for sure, and I'm pretty sure running a radio station yeah. should be illegal if it's not. Yeah, I think yeah. this is going to sound offensive because it is, but I think being a butt pirate, pirate in Utah is still illegal. Probably. Yeah. Oh, um, a what? Oh, a butt pirate. It's, uh, it's a very poor colloquialism for homosexual. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that's where you're going, but I wasn't gonna, you know. You weren't gonna force the issue. No, I was. I yeah. was not. Speaking okay. of issue, here's something that rhymes with issue. Uh, so a lot of people are hoarding up toilet paper or toilet right. tissue, if you will. Right. Uh, I've been hoarding something kind of random. What about you guys? Y'all hoarding anything? Uh, I'm hoarding hours of my life in Animal Crossing. That's fair. <laughs> Doing the same with Bucky Man. Uh, I'm hoarding whiskey. That's my choice. I have a lot of alcohol in my house right now. I think my dad trapped me. So yesterday was Easter, and um, we had like a family breakfast, right? And it was like very early in the morning. And my dad was like, well, it's 1136 somewhere, so I'm going to drink a glass of bourbon. And I was like, hell yeah, dad, hook that bit, hook a bitch up. Like, let's fucking do this. And then he was like, "Mm, never mind. And I was like, oh, I see. This was a trap. (laughs) Because my dad, my dad seriously asked me the other week. He was like, um, do you have a drinking problem? And I was like, of course I don't have a drinking problem, dad. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And... I don't have a drinking problem, but when somebody asks you if you, you have a drinking problem, they already think you have a drinking problem. Like that's yeah. not—you don't casually ask somebody that. You you think there's an issue, yeah. and so that's I like, feel it's, like it's kind of like asking someone if they like anime. Like you probably already know that they do. right. Yeah, yeah. you're just looking for that confirmation. <laughs> yeah, you're looking for you want to see. <laughs> you want to see if they know they have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that's you know what I mean. You're not shocked to find out, but you are disappointed. Mm. So I, I was like, oh, man, I have been bamboozled. I, <laughs> maybe I do have a drinking problem since I fell for your obvious trap, Dad. Nah, it's hard to think that El Jorge would throw you under the bus like that, right? I mean, he is a parent. That's the they... next step is he's just going to build... There's gonna be a bottle of whiskey like on the floor. <laughs> like a, like a box over and it. you'll go yeah, you'll go pick it up and then suddenly the the stick will fly out and a box will fall on top of you. Oh <laughs> Hell, we got I, you this time. I fall, at least I'll be trapped with something I love. Yeah. <laughs> with Damn. Me. Look, man, I won't apologize. He was like, well, it's because I bought a handle of Evan Williams Green Label. Oh, you yeah, know, we saw it. Yeah, back when I was like, oh, we're gonna have to like hunker down, and I'm gonna have to be living with my family for two weeks, and I'm not gonna do that without some libations, you know. Yeah. And I think he saw that and was like, 
no daughter of mine drinks such swill because he's a big <laughs> bourbon guy. <laughs> and then also was like, also maybe she has a drinking problem because it's already half gone. And maybe I do. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> See what happens. Well, there's a lot of time in the day right now. Right. And like even more so with like, I know you're still working. I know you're still doing shit like that, but it's all the other stuff. Yeah. Like, not being able to go to comedy and shit like that, where you can get some other drinking in, but having to be at home and having, right. like, nothing outside to do, it's, there's only so much community you can watch without being like, you know what's going to make this a little bit better? Some scotch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my entire life right now is literally just, like, working and then me playing with my cats. Yeah. And then me watching clips of Avatar The Last Airbender on YouTube. And both of those <laughs> things go better with, with booze. I'll just go ahead and say that right now. Oh, hell yeah. So what about what about you, Ben? What are you hoarding? I currently have six... I want to say they're 12 packs. They might be 24 packs. I don't remember how big like the packs are. But six 12 packs of Gatorade in my dining room. Oh, wow. I, I thought you were going to say monster. No. Uh, <laughs> my parents, because I live with my parents, because look at me. Um, <laughs> both of my parents hate the fact that I love energy drinks, like, a lot. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I drink them, and it's like, oh, it's way easier to be a person for a while. Um, yeah. And I I had, like, a little box of, like, yellow Red Bull that I sneak or that I, I got and kept hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. But... Yeah, my dad was ordering just bar- or just giant things of Gatorade through Amazon, and I felt like really bad because I didn't know he was doing it until like the first time I found like a box that I was like, why does my why is my back hurting picking up this goddamn box from the porch? <laughs> and our uh, like male person is a little Latina woman, and <laughs> she, my dad at least met her at the door one time, and she's like, what the fuck is in this rocks? <laughs> Batteries. <laughs> He's like, nah, Gatorade. And she goes, oh, it's actually not a bad idea. Look, there are trying times ahead, and you never know when you're going to need that extra hydration. Of hydration, I guess. Yeah. God, it was helpful because we, we had a guy come out in a bush hog, which is like, do you, do you guys know what a bush hog is? Yeah. All right, no, wait, hogging? what's a bush hog? Alright, so a bush hog is like a little machine that you use. It's roughly, it's like a, imagine a mini, like, uh, like, I can't even think of the name of the goddamn thing right now. But it, it's like a little machine you ride in. It's about the size of a forklift. It's but like a little tractor. It's like a little tractor. Oh, right, fr- you've been clearing away, um, wood and shit. Yeah, a lot of brush from our backyard. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad he stocked up on Gatorade because sweet Christ, uh, <laughs> that I thought that weekend was gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, I made. Never... A... Oh, sorry, gone. Uh, I made one hell of a cocktail that morning that we started. Oh, yeah. The bottom was 1800 pre-made margarita. Uh, on top of that was tropical Red Bull, and then on top of that was Baja Blast. And it layered wow. perfectly, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I have not had a morning start that smoothly since. 
Without, I mean, minus having an, uh, that amount of monster as well, it kind of does sound like you're living in a gamer den. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, with all the Borderlands I've been playing, like if it, like I was playing Call of Duty for a while, it's like ah, I feel gross doing this, so I had to delete <laughs> yeah. it. It's like ah, I feel really gross. Have you been stocking up on Doritos as well? Ah, uh, Fritos. Fritos? Oh man, Fritos are so good. Fucking By the scoops, time baby. we see Ben again, his fingers are going to be permanently stained orange. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like, see? Ben, what happened? Halo, man. Like, Look, man, I only care about ethics and gaming journalism. That's what this is about. <laughs> it was never about God. ethics and gaming journalism, and we all know that. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. I just hear it on the internet a lot. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of H-Bomber Guy, too. Yeah, H-Bomber Guy. Um, yeah, that's another thing I've been doing. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Um, H-Bomber Guy is one of them. Uh, ContraPoints. Philosophy Tube is really great. Mm. Oh man, yeah. I this a... this really sounds like a great time for YouTubers that have videos longer than ten minutes long, right? Because <laughs> because people have the time right now. Yeah. I do have time to watch this hour video about <laughs> like the history of fandom. <laughs> Why not? Fucking Gaijin. Um, <laughs> I. Are we talking about capitalist symbolism and Beauty and the Beast? I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I was going to bring up H Bomber Guy's two and a half hour long video on Pathologic that I found time to watch the other day. Oh, oh man. Geez. I've missed that one. Mostly because it's about a video game I've never heard of. I hadn't heard of it either, bro. I was like, it's two and a half hours. I have the time. I like the sound of this guy's voice. And it's actually pretty interesting because it is about a, like a, a fucking pandemic. Whoa. Which is fitting huh. for Topical. right now. Yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, I found this YouTuber the other day who, uh, had a long video about, um, Howard Ashman, who, um, wrote the lyrics to many of the songs in, like, uh, Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. And he was actually a, a gay man who died before Beauty and the Beast came out. Um, and he was the first, uh, v I guess, victim of AIDS to win an Academy Award, but have it accepted uh, posthumously oh. um, because he, he died before that. Uh, he won the Academy Award uh, for Beauty and the Beast um, for, like, best original song or something like hmm. that. Um, but it really was, like, a super interesting video about, like, the underlying queerness of his songs and how um, it shaped d the Disney movies and how involved he was with, like, how the songs were performed and stuff. And it was really interesting. And if y'all are, that, listeners, if that sounds like a video you guys would be interested in in hearing, at me on uh, Twitter. I'll, I'll uh, post a link on it on my Twitter feed. Uh, it's from a YouTuber called Dream Sounds. So... Mm -hmm. It was really nice, really cool. So yeah. Well, while you guys have been uh, perusing the internet for hours a day, I have not been doing that. Right. <laughs> because I am staying in a tiny little like farm town in Tennessee, where it's not like there's no internet in town. It's just the house that we're staying in doesn't have internet. 
and there's also no cell service so it's like living in the middle of nowhere <laughs> what i mean we have to drive into town to get cell service wow at the yeah. risk of getting an answer what do y'all do <laughs> We <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we play. No, that's what Robin. I was afraid you were gonna say. <laughs> uh, now I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, I've I told Ben this earlier. I cooked gnocchi for the first time Ooh. ever, like twice for the first time ever now. And uh, if you haven't had gnocchi yet, go out and get some because guess what? It's like tiny little potato pasta. It's amazing. Ten out of ten. Yeah, gnocchi is awesome. Uh, I've been pan frying it and adding it to a creamy tomato sauce. It is delicious. Oh my god, I want to quarantine um, with you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has been really great. I've been cooking a lot of stir fry, a lot of quesadillas, uh, fried rice. What else have I made? Creamy pastas. Um, what's something else? I think that's that's most of what I've been making. Attempting to make bread, but I think the yeast that I had. Uh, for my bread, ma- my bread machine yeast is out of date now, so mm. my my bread making ventures have not been going well. Uh, well, head into town and Google where you can find yeast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah find the wicked witch of the yeast. <laughs> but uh, other than that, my so my my like external hard drive that I have for my computer. Uh, I've had it for a very long time, and I do have a lot of stuff that I acquired mm. back in the day. Uh, so, like, right now... Acquired. Kat I, yeah. Cat <laughs> and I are going through Cowboy Bebop. We're re-watching Cowboy Bebop, and that's Hell a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, we watched Trigun. Cat watched Trigun for the first time. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me. But... Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to meet up and like swap stuff because I need to get a hard drive from a friend which has a similar collection on it. Yeah, because I've never watched Trigun all the way through. <gasps> oh my god, it's so good though. It is so good. Oh, I always watch the first episode and just like I don't know why it it reminds me. I don't. Know. It's been a long time since I've tried to watch it, so it might be easier now. But I always remember watching the first episode just feeling very meh about it. But it feels like, yeah. you know, like BoJack. Like, I hate, I would watch the first episode and be like, this fucking blows. I can, this, this isn't as good as people say. And then Honestly, I'm, that's how I am about Neon Genesis. Like, I okay. watched the first episode and I'm like, how do people keep watching this? Uh, you know, with the exception of Neon Genesis, because Neon Genesis is such a polarizing show. Like, I know several diehard anime fans that are like, this show is trash. Like, Mm. I don't understand why people like it. If you want, um, there are better, like, mech shows that are like this. Mm. Like, so it could be that you've seen the first episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion and just didn't like it. Um, But that being said, we will decide that for ourselves when we watch it together. (laughs) So... Looking at you, Travis. Yeah. Don't, well, that's also don't you like, dare. But I, I kind of have the same thing with Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, I get halfway through season one, and I'm like, eh. See, I think the difference is, is that Avatar is a much more conventional show, and the first season just isn't... 
as good as the rest of the show. And I know I may have a lot of angry Avatar fans after me, and I just want to say I love Avatar. And there are some really great moments in the first season, but let's be clear, I don't think anybody's favorite book is book one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would definitely say there are a lot of television shows, though, that just don't have very strong pilots and then end up being great once you get past the pilot. You know what I mean? That is true. I mean, some people would argue that Supernatural is one of those shows. (laughs) Uh, I don't agree because I actually love the pilot of Supernatural, but I know you felt that way, Travis. Yes. Where you were just like, I don't get it. And then I got back. Well, yeah, I mean, I felt that way, but I also, uh, because I went through recently and made that best of episode, I did, like, I had that kind of meh reaction, but I was also like... I'm interested to see where the next episode takes us. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, no, like, I... the ending had enough of a hook where I was like, I think I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what any pilot needs. is yeah. just something, it makes sense that pilot episodes are often, like, n- not polished. Because so often, like, so many changes happen from the pilot episode to the rest of season one being filmed or even written um you know uh so it makes sense that you know you watch the pilot episode and that it's not going to necessarily be what you get for the rest of the show but if a pilot episode can just keep you hooked long enough to get you to the next episode then i think that's all it really needs it's just an interesting enough you know maybe a mystery or something like that Mm. to kind of bring you to the next to the next part oh yeah um well we want to hear what y'all are doing these during these quarantine times are you playing video games are you still working if you are please be safe um i'm actually in the same boat where i'm an essential worker so i get it it's not fun it's very stressful um but i'm only crying once a day now as opposed to three (laughs) times a day so You know, progress has been made. <laughs> yeah. Have you worn a mask with what you're doing? I yeah, I wear a mask um, all day, and uh, you know, I wash my hands as often as I can, and I've got hand sanitizer in the car, and I disinfect everything in my car um, at the end of the day, and then again in the morning. Yeah. So it's very different. Yeah, uh, I'm a delivery driver. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I think several of our friends online have been posting making custom masks. And that's something that's been popping up on my ads a lot, which is, like, custom masks. Which, they look pretty cool, but, Mm -hmm. like... You know, these masks... Sorry. Sorry. The thing with the custom masks, so cloth masks are, according to the CDC, right? And disclaimer, I'm not a science... (laughs) I don't doctor or nurse, but from what I've read is that the cloth masks aren't going to necessarily protect you from the virus. You still need to take into account those other social distancing, you know, rules, um, or I guess suggestions since none of them are like really that enforced. Although Alabama finally put in place a shelter in place order, which most of Huntsville is ignoring. Um, yeah, I was in a richer part of Huntsville the other day and there were so many people just out and I was like, if I weren't in uniform right now, I would have some words. It's, it's very distressing to see. Yeah. But um, the, uh, you know, cloth masks aren't necessarily going to, like, 
protect you from the virus. Not even the masks I have, which are the more like surgical masks. I have a, a box of those from when Travis got walking pneumonia, and I yeah. found them the other day. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like Hell yeah. you got it like a year and a half ago, and we mm-hmm. never threw it away. And I was going through stuff, and I found them, and I was like, um, convenient. You were saving them for. I'm a glad corn. you found them because I I was thinking I was actually thinking about those. Yeah. Not too long ago, I was like. I feel like I held on to them, but I don't know what happened to them. I'm glad you found them, though. Oh, yeah. man. Well, if you need them, like, maybe we can do, like, a drop or something. No, nah, I, don't, I don't... I mean, like, I should get a mask for whenever we go to the grocery store. Right. But, like, we're staying in a very... Remote area. Like, remote area, so... Whereas I, I see people felt... every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh... The cloth masks are helpful as a reminder to not touch your face. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I guess, do you provide some protection? It's just not... It's not enough. It's not enough. Well, yeah. and Well, and they also keep, like, if you do happen to cough or something like that, they do keep it so you're, like, how much you spray out. Right. Like, a little, a little more in your bubble. Rather than going, like, I think when you sneeze, it goes, like, 15 feet or something like that. I guess the general rule is is that it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. Exactly. So, you know, do at least, if you if if you can't do what's perfect, do something. It's better than doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. once saw, like, a ways to deal with depression tips, like, if you can only brush your teeth for three seconds, it's better than doing it for, than not doing it all. If you yeah, can only yeah. eat a cracker, that's better than not eating anything. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the same principle here. Like, maybe you have a job where you can't perfectly social distance, but you can still, you know, hopefully do what you can to um, keep yourself as safe as possible. Yeah. And not to get political, but if there's something that I want people to remember when all this is over and I feel like they'll forget, is that it didn't have to be like this. No, no it didn't. We really could have had a better system in place. We did. He disbanded it in 2016. I'll get political yeah. on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fuck it. Um, I mean, everything's political, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Supernatural gets political. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> usually in a very goofy way, but it does happen. <laughs> um, but it didn't. It didn't this, have to be like this at all. No. Yeah, this pandemic has really shown that there are parts of America that are developing nations. South oh, Alabama absolutely. is very, mm-hmm. like, it's a super poor area. Yeah. There's a lot of rural areas in Alabama where people just don't have access to healthcare. Um, and I don't even mean just in the way that they don't have, you know, health insurance. I mean, they don't have hospitals. Yeah, that right? the county doesn't even have a hospital. Yeah. 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 Like, Here's the scary thing. Those parts actually have the Black Plague. Yeah. There are, like, third world diseases in those counties. And I think that, like, I'm lucky that I live in a city. I literally live, like, two minutes from the hospital district. Mm. Um, But it just goes to show, like, what we've done is not enough. And it doesn't have to be like this. And I think that's... Mm -hmm. I hope that that's something that people remember when we move past this are a, if we are able to move past this and I hope that things do change I don't know yeah hopefully yeah. so 
I, was, I feel like I feel like we will move past it, but things definitely won't be the same. I'm afraid that the changes that happen won't be enough. Yeah. I read, apparently the president has said that um, he, like, feels like this could make or, or break him for November, and... <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, what I wanted to say about the masks is, well, two things. One, this is, uh, like goth <laughs> goth fashion dreams yeah oh man um, much lighthearter <laughs> like <laughs> lighthearted <laughs> good segue two uh two we are one step closer to our cyberpunk dystopia yeah we've already been <laughs> living in a cy- all... what are you talking about we've already been living in a cyberpunk we dystopia do. we live in a cyberpunk dystopia newsflash asshole this has been a cyberpunk dystopia this whole time <laughs> <laughs> we're in the akira timeline yep <laughs> what do you mean oh man who oh wants to be God. the first person to be in the fleshy the fleshy goo oh my god i watched <laughs> oh my god I watched Akira with my roommates, like an ex-roommate's dad. Yeah. And that is not a movie to watch with anyone's parent. No. Much less someone you don't... Like, we had met that day, and I don't even remember... I can only assume I put on Akira, because why wouldn't I? I don't remember why he was there. I don't know what was happening. Trying to break the ice. Steven, why didn't you stop me? (laughs) He didn't have any thumbs. Still doesn't. (laughs) Not yet. But yeah, the the, the mask remind me of like whenever I would go to conventions, I would see the like the face masks that were like had like kawaii faces on them and stuff. Like they they would have a mouth of some kind, so it would be like you you'd be wearing the mask, but the mask had like an emotion portrayed on the face with a mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine all of the people who have those masks who are just living it up every day. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, the cosplayers are going to be the ones to survive this. <laughs> yep, the cosplayers and the goths. Yeah. Yep. And whoever does the weird dancing under bridges. Yeah, those are the cyberpunk goths. Hell yeah. yeah. Cyber goth? <laughs> Cyber yeah. goth. Something like that. That's exactly speaking, what they're doing a good job. Speaking of cats, did you know that cats can sleep up to 23 hours a day? Yes. I did not know that. I yeah, mean, I knew they, they slept a lot, a lot but... Steven's sleeping right now, and it's so cute. <laughs> you know, this has been a dreary conversation, and I think it's yeah. time to move on to some lighthearted genre television show fun. Yeah. So, Travis, yeah. uh huh. this episode is called Like a Virgin. Like the very first time. Bow, 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 bow. What's it about? Like a virgin. Sam and Dean are faced with another apocalypse. Hell yeah. And it's only for one episode, though. They're faced with another apocalypse. And the only way to stop the apocalypse is to throw a virgin into a volcano. All right. Okay. Okay. And so Sam and Dean are at the edge of this volcano. And Dean looks at Sam and he's like, all right, hop in. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I hope that happens, but <laughs> somehow we'll find, I we'll find out soon. Bing! Yeah. Yeah, this episode was kind of dumb. Yep. I kind of liked it. I mean, I liked it too <laughs> in how dumb it was. Yeah. It was just so... It was such a ridiculous, like, we're back for the second half. Look, Supernatural has always been, since day one, kind of a weird show. Yeah. But season six is where it gets, I mean, just, like, squirrely. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fairies episode, right? That happened. Yeah. And we had the three men and a baby episode. I think that one was kind of weird. <laughs> the, I wrote down and a now note. This. I wrote down notes while I was watching this episode because we all did it separately. <gasps> you wrote notes? I'm I so did proud. write notes. I wrote down Sarah Gamble loves dragons and fairies. Oh, yeah. Sarah, this, is, this season definitely took a, like, um,. Definitely took like a little, you know, Lord of the Rings turn. Yeah, with the fairies and the fairies dragons. And dragons. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, that's I'm ultimately glad... what this episode was about—was dragons. Yeah. So this is last we left the season. So last episode was the the mid-season finale, and yes. we left it with apartment or appointment in Samar- Samara. Great episode. We got yeah. to see death again. Sam gets his soul back. Just kisses. 10 out of 10. Um, We talked about last time we recorded how, like, we're not sure if the actor who plays Death is just that good or if the Supernatural writers just really just kill it (laughs) whenever they have to write his characters. His character. Because the dialogue is amazing and everything he says is so great. And, yeah, we love Death. And they decided to come back with an episode about dragons and virgins. Yep. Yep. And there's a stone pulling a sword out of a stone scene. Yeah. The uh, so all of the acting. All of the acting in this episode that was not Jensen, Jared, or um, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Any of any actor that was not Sam Dean or Bobby was just like phoning it in. <laughs> they were all, they were all like, I don't know if it was their first gig or what, but like the cold open and then the two dragons at the very end, it was just like, what Guys, is going on? Is they were this, up like a sandwich. Like, <laughs> Oh my god. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Can we call this episode like a sandwich? (laughs) There's also a lot of casual misogyny in this episode. Yeah, Like a lot. Like, a lot of really incredibly creepy comments. Really? And a lot of them from Dean, too. A lot of them from Dean, which is not new. I will remind you that Mm. there was an episode where Dean was like... Oh, I'm gonna hit on some of these high school girls, yeah. and everybody was like, Burr. 
Um, that did happen. But I, I want to look up who wrote this episode specifically, because I know Sarah Gamble's the showrunner. Um, but, like, yeah. Adam Glass. What else has Adam, Adam Glass, Glass written? I don't know, but that... There was one of those times where Dean said a line about Virgin Girls, and I wrote down, this episode is ridiculously awful. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hate this episode. I kind of liked how goofy it was, but oh, there yes. is a lot of just very casual misogyny. So, for the record, Adam Glass also wrote this season, and he came on in season six, oh, okay. Two and a Half Men, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Like a Virgin, and then he wrote an episode from later in the season, which... You haven't seen Travis, but it's Mommy Dearest Ben. Oh god. Which is I already also, am not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's probably one of my least favorite episodes of the, oh, of the whole show. Honestly. So, Adam yikes. Adam Glass. Adam, full offense. The episode your episodes in season six are not strong. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's and again, just the amount of like so okay, so the the just to get the plot out of the way, uh, Sam comes back. He has been resold, and uh, we're all very excited about it. Yay, Sam's yeah. back, and he's just the cinnamon roll that he. I always remember him being, and I love him so much, and I'm so glad that he's. I loved Solus Sam too for his snarkiness yeah. mm-hmm. and his like doesn't give a fuck. I wrote down we're back to season two, Sam. Oh, yeah, so delightful. Just mwah, 10 out of 10. I, I will um, say, when we remake the show in 10 to 15 years, maybe 20 because of this quarantine, you know, it's going to put everything off. Sure. Um, I hope when we remake it, rather instead of having Sam go 100% back to him having his soul, I would much prefer if we gave him a little bit of, like, you know, like something tougher to tackle. Like maybe a an bipolar edge. disorder, kind of an edge, exactly, where he kind of flips between not having a soul and having a soul, maybe Doctor and Jekyll and Mister Hyde kind of deal. I know that that might be a little on the nose, but I think it'd be it would fit a little bit better than just the thing being like he's one hundred percent fine now. Instead well, of a door, death just put in swinging cowboy doors. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of a wall. Not yep. in my saloon. Yeah. I don't. I like. I like that idea, and I definitely think this season. Like, yeah, Sam's fine this episode, but how is it going to be in the next couple episodes? Right. Yeah. Oh, another thing I really Especially like about this episode the is actually this a episode is done, or this season is done. Right. Yeah. Like how you know? Yeah, Sam's fine, but how fine is he really? How yeah. effective is the wall going to be? Um. And I like, I, I yeah, I don't want him to be 100% cinnamon roll Sam from season two, even though that is what my, like, fangirl heart wants. Yeah. Um, but I do want, like, there, yeah, there to be more of a, I guess, more damage, which I definitely think we do get later in the season. But in this episode, he's like, I'm super happy to be out of hell. I'm ready to get back in action. This is great. Mm. 10 out of 10 for life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually really did like the subplot of him finding out that he had no soul for like a year and was just running around. Yeah. Because I hate my revealed plots. Yeah. I, and I did like, I liked how he didn't have a memory of that. Yeah. And how, and how it got tackled. I, I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Hmm. I, I liked, 
the fact that once he found out, he wasn't mad at Dean for lying. So the reason why I like I don't like liar revealed parts is because we know as the audience that the liar is going to be revealed. Yeah. yeah. That the other characters are going to be mad at him for whatever reason. But then that something will happen and they'll just kind of move on. Or they won't move on, but like maybe the liar character will be like, I made a mistake. I've changed. I've learned that I shouldn't pretend to be somebody I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking real classic, like a Bugs Life. Yeah. yeah. Sort of liar revealed plot. Um, and then, you know, the other characters will like rally and then they'll defeat the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. The reason why I particularly hate liar revealed plots in Supernatural is because one of the brothers will lie to the other brother to ostensibly protect them. Yep. The lie will be revealed. And then nothing changes. Yeah. The other character is just supposed to get over it. So they're like particularly grating in Supernatural. And one of the things that I appreciated is like there's no building up the tension. Sam finds out immediately mm. and then just kind of gets over it. Yeah. Which normally would be bad storytelling. But now we don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of like. He gets mad at Dean, but then the next episode, they're fine. Right. And then it happens well, again, and he and the Dean gets mad at him, but then they're fine. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? I am honestly looking forward to some wacky hijinks, like Sam and Dean walk into a bar, and a lady walks up and slaps Sam in the face and goes, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And Sam's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> that's that's the kind of <laughs> soulless soul shenanigans like, that I want. To. Yeah. Um... So I'm glad. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was just gonna say I don't remember anything exactly like that happening, but something like that may happen. Oh, there's definitely an episode where it's like Sam has to deal with the consequences of something he did while he was soulless that Dean doesn't know about. So there's like a mystery and figuring out and blah blah blah. Nice. Oh Um, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's very goofy. Thing. I think it's pretty serious, yeah. but it's still kind of. I did like his line, uh, Sam's line, where he was like, "I feel like I got slipped the worst Mickey in the world, and when I came to, I burned the whole town down." Right? Yeah. Like that was that was really good and very accurate, Sam. Good job. Yeah. Mm. Which honestly, uh, I, we we can talk about the moral ramifications of like. No, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna be like. Is it a good thing that Sam doesn't remember? But we have discussed yes? this before with like yeah. the demon's blood, you know. Mm, right. Yeah. There, it, there's pros and cons to it. Like, right. if let's say you were blackout drunk, would you want to know what you did while you were blackout drunk? Like, even as bad as it could have been. Well, yeah, I would want to know so I could fix whatever was wrong. Exactly. Like, Which is pretty much the conclusion, conclusion that Sam comes to at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, because I told Travis, uh, I think right before you hopped on, immediately after I got done with this episode, I just had the, I had the need, not the want, the need to listen to It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I I also wrote down Sam got his feelings back and is a hungry boy. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell yeah. I liked how happy that made Dean too. 
right? Yeah. Oh man, I loved the moments where Sam would just show that he cared about strangers, right? Like he mm-hmm. cares about the girls who are being kidnapped. And Dean is like, I love that you asked that. I love that you care. Yeah. You know, and Sam's like, but why wouldn't I care? And <laughs> yeah, it's, but I, I love that. I love that. Um, Dean shows his love for his brother by just like appreciating these little emotional beats that Sam has and miss them while he was off being a perfect hunter um, which is really kind of it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone because yeah. um, at several points in the show not necessarily Dean but like their dad other hunters not Bobby but other hunters have have kind of berated Sam for not being the perfect hunter for, mm-hmm. you know, placing emotion over, you know, the job. Right? right. And, and, and then we got Sam as just this absolute beast who can just go and keep running and doesn't give a shit and knows, you know, logically the right decision, heavy mm-hmm. scare quotes. And, and actually that's awful. It's awful that he was like yeah. that. You know, he did terrible things. I mean, he was snarky and fun, but he also killed people, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yikes is what I'm saying there. Yikes a Rooney. Um, oh, I also liked how he finds out because he just kind of tricks Cass into telling him, yeah. which is both hilarious and adorable. <laughs> and yeah, that was just 10 out of 10. The subplot of this episode is actually excellent. Yeah, I really oh, yeah. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Even though I will say, yeah, Sam just finding out that his brother lied to him and that he lost his soul and then just kind of like getting over, I guess, that breach of trust, I wouldn't say is the best storytelling. Like, in, normally in storytelling, we would expect that the tension be built, that, you know, there's there's a bit of a dramatic irony going on because we as the mm-hmm. audience know that Sam will eventually find out that he didn't have a soul and was running around and usually like the suspense of finding out is something you build slowly over time especially in a television show. But then it means that we miss out on the other pitfalls of just Sam being angry about it for two episodes and then mysteriously getting over it. And there being no real consequences from that. So, yay for that. So, all right, let's talk about the A-plot. Yeah. About Uh, what? The A-plot of the episode. So, virgins... Like teenage girls are go. Is it teenage girls or is it just like? I think they're like college age. College yeah. age, but girls are going missing. Yeah. And no one knows why, but Dean puts it together that it's virgins. Mm. Yeah. That whole scene, like, which I think this was what 2011. No, 2012. 2012. Yeah. I remember sometime 2010, 2011, 2012, something like that. There was a lot of goofing on having a promise promise ring. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was like, 2011. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember there being a thing about like goofing on having promise rings and shit like that. Like, well, at the time there were a lot of really big like like pop stars that had promise rings. And is that what it was? Yeah, and and uh, like the Jonas Brothers had promise rings, and that was like mm. a huge deal. Yeah. Um and. There's nothing... Okay, so... Um, I don't know if y'all remember. Back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, there was a huge hullabaloo about, like, pop stars like Britney Spears and Jessica Simpson losing their virginity. 
I remember that. Uh, I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, okay, there was like so, a whole thing about. I remember the Olsen twins and the Britney and Britney Spears. There was like guys trying to buy it. Oh what? God, I did not remember that. I, if I remember right, there were guys like offering, or oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, and then there were like just other shit as well, just incredibly gross stuff. And I remember like, I remember how old I was, but I remember being like. Yeah, uh, we're not going to pay attention to what's, like, popular starting now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah, there was, there no was matter a how lot hot of a shower you take, you're not going to feel clean. But it wasn't even just, like, creepy guys being like, oh, man, she's so hot. And Natalie Portman has stories about this that sound horrifying. Yeah. Like, her being underage and getting letters from guys, like, counting down to when she turns 18. And radio stations mm-hmm. did this. And I remember mm-hmm. it being in the media a lot. People were just particularly Britney Spears, people were obsessed with when she was going to lose her virginity. You know, they and, still fucking are, man, because that's happening to Billie Eilish right now. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking creepy. Mm. But, like, I remember I remember people being like, because Britney Spears, part of her pop persona, and this is not me saying in any way that she deserved this kind of treatment, because I guarantee that this persona was pushed by her label and mm. her managers and you know, the people who filmed her um, music videos and so on was sort of this, like, virgin Madonna or Madonna whore um, dichotomy, right? Mm -hmm. Where she acts really sexy and she's dressed like a schoolgirl and she's wearing a bikini with a snake and it's, like, super hot. But at the same time, in interviews, she's wearing a promise ring and talking about, like, what a good girl Christian she is and how she's not going to lose her virginity until she gets married and so on and so right. forth. And this created, and again, I'm not saying this is what Brittany wanted. I don't think she did. Um, especially considering the, you know, like very public meltdown she had, um, which I guarantee was, yeah, just the pressure of mm-hmm. everything in her life. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's awful, awful. What like young women go through in, you know, mass media culture, that sort of thing. But, like, um, it kind of drove this, like, this media frenzy about, like, all these pop stars, when are they going to lose their virginity? Is it after they're married? Have they done it now? When do they sort of grow up from being, like, you know, teenagers who are hinting at it to, like, full-on sex goddesses? And we saw this with Miley Cyrus Mm -hmm. and Selena Gomez, you know, a, a lot of, like, Disney pop stars like when do they go from like singing teeny bopper stuff about how how much they have cute crushes on boys to like just you know the fucking party girl blah 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 and, yeah i remember miley cyrus's transition being a little bumpy right yeah. yeah and it's it's really i think this episode is kind of like trying to be a subversion of that culture where it's like see being a virgin is a is a bad thing i mean dean literally says like he has a quote about how there's nothing wrong with being easy this just goes to show that being easy is the way to go because yeah. you're not the target of dragons <laughs> <laughs> i think well, i think which... when dean said the word dehymenated is when i wrote down the sentence this episode is awful yeah, yeah. he like... he says that which <laughs> We could go on about how, like, virginity is a social construct and there is no breaking of the hymen. It's not like yeah. a seal that gets broken. Yeah. 
Like, that's not... People are like, insane. It's not yeah. like women are a tub of sour cream. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they're not Snapples. If Flint's popped, yeah. they're still good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if it's the uh, the pull and peel tab and then the peel part comes off, so you got to get a knife to slice it open. And yeah, then... yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know that, that weird tab on top of orange juice you get sometimes? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Oh my god, <laughs> son! You'll learn you this when you're peel, older. Peel off the aluminum pudding cup top and then yep. lick the lick the extra pudding on top. Well, that is uh, it. Yeah, that is how sex works. That is exactly it. Got to get the tongue right down in there. So yeah, <laughs> it kind of backfired this episode. It, yeah, it did. It did. It did Again, a bit. because it's. So the lesson, it still plays into the Madonna horde dichotomy, basically, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bad thing to be a virgin because you might get attacked by a dragon. So instead, you should be like Dean, who is a sex monster. <laughs> He's not. He's not. And there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of sex. But, you know, also, oh, God, Sam even kind of gets into it because one of the one of the women who are taken is 22 years old. They keep calling her a girl. She's 22 yeah, well, years old. She she's does, a fucking woman. She's got a bedroom like a nine-year-old. Right. Yeah. Well, which, again, plays into the whole... It, 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 it really gets into these stereotypes like you're not a woman until you've had sex. Right. Right? Your, your, your womanhood is directly attached to your body. And your bodily functions. And it's kind of mm-hmm. almost a passive thing that happens to women, right? Whereas men traditionally become men in, you know, and I'm not saying in the real world, but in media and culture based on things they do, right? Right. So Luke going on this entire Star Wars journey, that's his journey from going from a, uh, a scared little or a bratty little farm boy to a fucking Jedi. Okay, mm-hmm. it's his coming of age story. Same with, you know, uh, Pip in Great Expectations. We see this played out over and over again. Sam and Dean also, I wouldn't say Supernatural is like a coming of age story, but it, it deals with them growing up and changing. And this all happens based on things they do. But a lot of, a lot of what gets tied into womanhood is based on things that happen to women, not things yeah. they proactively do. Getting their period, losing their virginity. Um, you know, things like that. So these women, even though they're college age, even though they're performing other adult tasks, like doing taxes and going to college and getting an education and having jobs and so on and so forth and going on dates um, and paying rent and blah, blah, blah and all that other stuff that goes with being adult, they're still children because they haven't lost their virginity. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of gross, I feel mm. like. Oh my god, maybe I did yeah. hate this episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, there, were, there were things that were good about it, but ultimately I was, yeah. It's definitely one of those episodes, like, on surface level. It's it's a good episode, but you Yeah, it's like down. fun and goofy and there's dragons, which is kind of cool, but... Yeah, it's yeah. like a sweet potato casserole at Thanksgiving. It's got that nice mush, uh, marshmallow topping. But then and underneath, you have that nasty yamness. 
You know? Uh, this is a bad metaphor because I hate that. Yeah, fuck the marshmallow topping. The yam's the way to go. Uh huh. I am well, what I am, and I love yams. All right. Let me see. But I'm My other one was like meringue on top of pie because I don't like meringue. But Hell yeah, fuck meringue. What's under, what's under it? But yeah. if you like, turn it upside down, maybe that would fucking work. But yeah, it's a tough metaphor is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Man. Okay, I, so virgins getting stolen by dragons. Yeah. Eh. Why are they getting stolen by dragons? Well, it turns out we need to throw a virgin girl into a volcano to have her be possessed by the mother of all. The mother. The monster mommy. <laughs> monster mommy. <laughs> Oh my god! It was. It was. That's a mom I'd like to fuck. You know what I'm that, saying? She was the monster mom. She was the graveyard smash. Uh, oh boy! That was the very last. That was the very last note I took. Was mm. monster mommy? Mm. Hey Travis, I just want to say welcome to one of the worst plot lines that Supernatural ever wrote. Really? The monster mom. Oh god! What a useless. So just off this so this is what the alpha vampire was talking about when he said we all have our mothers. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's just one mother. Yep. Well, w- when he was speaking as he was in like the oh, universal he means like, sense, everybody okay, comes, like everybody we comes monsters from man, yeah, everyone comes from something. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, I won't say anything more on the mother of all, because we'll get to her later, but, mm-hmm. yeah, this is... Yeah, she'll raise her, her introduction. Head. Yeah, we'll we'll get to her soon enough. I, so, but... actually, when I saw her, and, like, when she was introduced, I was like, okay, so now, because at the beginning of this season, the focuses were soulless Sam yep and then alpha monsters yep mm-hmm. and so now Sam's got his soul back so now we're and also back in the background hearing... maybe there's a civil war between heaven and hell yeah, or see, in, well, in heaven who knows that's where confusing. I'm going is now that we've gotten past soulless Sam and now that we know where we're going with alpha monsters and purgatory are we gonna see more of this like are we gonna see more of these angelic weapons I want to I mean, yeah. I love those. Oh my god, I feel like, I don't know if this is true, because I don't remember much of the fan base from 2011, but listeners, if you do, please get in contact with us. Were people like, just like, can we please hear more about this civil war in heaven, in heaven, or were people like, really gunning for the monster alpha plot? Yeah. Okay, so, listeners... I don't want to get any notes about this. I know it all connects. I know it all. The mystery is revealed and it all makes sense in the end, but it still feels very directionless. It still feels like we didn't really know where we were going, so we're just kind of going to throw everything in the kitchen sink and and see what happens um, with, like, the monster and the mother of all and, you know, the alphas. And I just feel like season seven has a much more cohesive overall plot mm-hmm. it helps that there's really just one major component and there's right. less mystery supernatural is not i mean in 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 one way it is a procedural crime drama just with monsters mm-hmm. much in the same vein as like the x-files and buffy the vampire slayer 
And there are little mysteries of, like, how to defeat X. But Supernatural is not a mystery show in a, the whodunit sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just isn't. And this, this season really feels like they tried to do a whodunit. Do you think... Uh, but they didn't have a good enough, like, plan to, to get... To, the mystery is not tantalizing enough, I guess. At least in this point. I, th- I think in the second half of the season, it does get a little bit better. But it just feels like we've kind of meandered. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Sarah Gamble bit off more than she could chew with, like, trying to have so many components to the season? I definitely think somebody should have taken a look at this, the overall the season playbook and been like, okay, cut out 10%. Yeah. Of every, of, cut, re, just not the episodes singularly, but the se- the big playbook for the season and just been like, what can you not live without in this season? Yeah. Let's, let's take about 20% let's, off there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it tighter. Let's, and that's an old writing trick. If you write anything, people will say, okay, now that you've got this, kill your darlings. Yeah. Take off, take go through this, cut an X percentage of it, figure out what you really cannot live without in your writing, and then that will be better, because mm-hmm. there's less wasted time, it'll be tighter, it'll feel like everything really matters. And, yeah, I think that's what needed to happen for this season. Because yeah, season I, season I five wasn't agree. like this. Season five, the one thing that everyone gives a shit about, and yeah, there are little like B plots and, and and you know other things going on, but the one thing everyone really gives a shit about is stopping the apocalypse and figuring out how to do that. Yeah. And that's it. That's that is the that is the goal. That's it. That's all we've got going on. And yeah, like we have Sam and Dean break up in the beginning half of the season, but that was a very important emotional beat. You know, things like that. And mm-hmm. again, season six, it just kind of feels like, well, we didn't really know what we were going to do, so we kind of did everything. Yeah. This does um, feel like a, a restaurant with too big of a menu and that they don't do anything well. But yeah. Jack of all trade, master of none. I feel like somebody was like, hey, just like looked at all of all of what she wanted to do. It's like, look, fuck it, try it all and see yeah. what sticks. Right. Which, hmm... Exactly. Hmm. Like you like three or four years ago I would have told you that I thought seven or season seven was absolute garbage. Yeah. But looking back on what came after it and then what came after that, I was like, Okay, fine. Season seven's not that bad compared yeah. comparatively. Yeah, but, actually Ben, when we started this show you spoke very badly about season seven. You did. You yeah. were like it's my least favorite season. <laughs> yeah. And now you know looking what? back and then trying to watch those mid-seasons, like, you know, nope, fuck it, season seven's not that bad, it's just goofy. <laughs> you know what kind of has the same thing going on, but I think does it better? What's that? Season 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just because, maybe I just feel that way, because after watching seasons 8 through 11, I was, season 12 was just a, such a breath of fresh air, but it also kind of has a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. You know what I think season 12 does a little bit better? Is that it doesn't try to all connect it in the end. Some yeah. Sometimes it's just like, it kind of, okay, so <laughs> something that's happening in real life, so we've got this pandemic going on. Yesterday, <laughs> there were, tor- there were you know, tornadoes and everyone was like, oh my god, is this going to be, you know, 
the 2011 tornadoes all over again, and oh. pollen season is happening, and I got my period this week. And that is just a lot of really <laughs> awful shit. When it rains, it fucking pours, man. And I'm still a virgin, and there's I haven't grown up yet. And there is a lot of really awful shit going on at the same time. And, like, season 12 is just like, oh, my God. You mean all this shit is happening at once? It's fucking ridiculous. But it, it doesn't all connect, right? right like, there will yeah. be crossovers and, yeah, like, characters in one organization care about this other thing that happens here. But it's less trying to connect, like, domino effect and more like, well, this is all just a bunch of bad shit that's happening at the same time. Right. And, of yeah. course, character X in this organization is going to care about what's happening over here with character Y because character Y spells doom for everything. But at the end of the day, they're both separately evil. And they don't have, like, one common goal. I don't know. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm yeah. not explaining well because I can't go into super hardcore details. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it makes sense. <clears throat> right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, so... I did like the professor lady. You did or didn't? I did. Yeah. She's interesting. Yeah, I like that she... So, Dean... So, they figure out it's dragons. And I can't pronounce her last name, which is why I didn't say it. It's like... Professor... Professor... Vid... Vid... Video vid, games. Vid... Viziac. Viziac. Viz... Viz... Prop... Hmm. Okay. Fizzy pop. Fizzy pop. Professor Plop, Plop, Fizz, Fizz, whatever it is. Yeah. Fizziak. I liked, or Dr. Dr. Fizziak. I like that she has a sword that she keeps in a boulder in her basement. Yeah, that was awesome. That is some shit that I would do. I like that Dean can't pull the sword out of the stone, and instead they try to. That was great. I was like, I really hope he can't. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, delight. That was great. Um, I like how hot she was. Uh, I like that she's definitely, she's an older woman who has gotten around. She's definitely pegged someone is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So Maybe Bobby. She's, she's mm. the, if, if this, if all of the girls getting kidnapped are Madonna, she's the whore. Yep. <laughs> um, in the Madonna whore dichotomy. And I love her for it. Um, my she was least, really great. Uh, my least favorite scene in the entire episode, uh, when they go visit the girl who got away. In the hospital. That was awful. Mm. It was awful to watch. Yeah. That was awful. That was really bad. Yeah. Did y'all have um, another contender for least favorite scene? Least favorite scene. I mean, that one was pretty much there. Yeah. Uh, the fight scenes with the dragons was also not great. Yeah. One of the notes I wrote down is, dragons are fucking chumps. Oh, man. Just and to be like, clear, Supernatural does not have the budget to do CGI or practical effects. Oh, no, they didn't have the budget to do CGI for anything else other than that JJ the jet plane that they had in the (laughs) Yeah, and the the glowy red hands of doom, right? So dragons don't breathe fire in this show. They just make their hands heat up and can, like, melt metal together and shit. Mm. Um, It was so bad. Yeah. And, like, maybe it was because they had a dragon-killing sword, but those dragons were chumps. They were jobbers. They were. Like, they were such jobbers. They didn't do so, anything. Dragons haven't been seen in 700 years. Um, why? It's this, Who the fuck knows? It's not the fairy thing where they're just in a different dimension and can only be brought over 
because of, you know, by making a deal with them or whatever. They've just not been seen because they, they were just Hiding. taking a vacation, playing it cool. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. who fucking, no <laughs> hunter ever. definitely playing it cool, not using their heat powers. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, I hated that too, where I was just like, they just, they just decided to pop up because of all this, you know, this nonsense going on. Oh, the monsters are acting weird, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I did like Bobby's line when they were asking him about dragons. So he was like, yeah, there's a difference between the dragons and the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. The Loch Ness Monster is real. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm also I'm giving my cat a treat. He's oh, yeah. like on the other side of the computer and he's um, like trying to get through, but he can't. And I'm just like handing him little treats. But yeah, but also, oh God, if. Did it need to be like the right girl or something? Why did they need to capture so many? Yeah, who the fuck knows? Because they just. They wound up choosing the wrong. Just one person at the end. Yeah, would any of the girls had worked or they did they need a special virgin girl and were just grabbing a bunch of, you know. Women and in, in trying to figure out which which would work. Yeah, I don't know. Are they going to kill all those other girls? Yes. I think so. the other ones they Yikes. may eat. That's what I was trying to rationalize, rationalize as. Yeah, bad. maybe they maybe dragons do eat humans. Yeah, maybe because they're that book was made out of human skin, which, which I thought yikes. was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was hilarious because <laughs> Sam and Dean touched it, and then Bobby told them because Bobby is yeah. that bitch. <laughs> By the is. way, that's not paper. <laughs> but BT does after you've gotten all your mitts on it, just so you know that is human flesh. It's like I can um, imagine. Yeah. I can imagine dragons uh, making a roll of human skin toilet paper, and Bobby uh, just has it in his house. And he's like, "By the way, that's not paper." What? Yeah, BT dubs. Yikes! Yikes! A Rooney. Bobby <sighs> just got his blood test back, and he's hundred percent that bitch. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't know why the dragons didn't anything other than the Eve or the mother of all related thing yeah yeah sorry it was it was really vague it was just like they're just doing it because for the for the lulz yeah just doing it to introduce dragons i guess that's why the dragons are doing it yeah gotta gotta get sam and dean's attention somehow while also moving forward the main plot of the season which is including this mother of all person for some reason so I did like how Silent Hill it was to bring her into existence, but other than that, it was just, it it felt like, I don't know, plopping cheesecake on top of, of pizza. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> like, it just didn't really make any sense. <laughs> it didn't matter. And it was just out of nowhere. But, um, like, it, like, just in, like, its own little thing, it was neat, but very nonsensical. So, yeah. And the fight, you're right, Travis, the fight scene in the end was fucking stupid. Yeah. They have this dragon-killing sword. The sword's broken. They kill one of the dragons. They somehow can't kill them both, despite the fact that they go down so easily. Right. Yeah. There is well, a moment they, where Dean drops the sword I think they kill the one, and then the other runs away? Yeah, yeah the other yeah. one runs, runs away. Yeah. It's implied that it, like, flies or some shit. Like, a yeah. bunch of wind. Like... 
do Sam and Dean just perceive him as human? And, but they can't actually like process just how amazing he looks like something out of Lovecraft and he can just kind of like turn into a dragon at will or some shit I don't fucking know I think he's a shapeshifter I think that's what is meant to be implied like he's just a dragon yeah. that can take human form which it has precedence in I guess dragon lore like it's a thing mm-hmm. um, or it's been in other pieces of media I can tell you that one of which I'll bring up in the Freak of the Week section mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah, so fuck this episode basically. Let's talk about the worst scene now. Okay, wait. I've got one more thing. Okay. Uh what did anyone else have like what did anyone else, else notice how much makeup everyone had on this episode? Oh no. Yeah, I, I did that. not yeah. notice maybe, that. Maybe it was just the screen I was watching it on, but like especially when Dean was talking to the doctor uh, about the sword, it was like, it was like Dean had some Trump makeup on. Yeah, it was cat. Like on. he was orange. I did not notice that. Maybe it was the it screen was I wild. watched on. I don't know. No. Well, guys, do better is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> they had it in anyway. The that's that's my last. That's my last real note. Yeah. Mm. I yeah yeah just the we do not see the dragons. We see the shadows of wings. And we see... Oh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Shadows mm-hmm. of Wings, the dragons have weird hands, and they can make them glowy. And otherwise, yep. they're completely human. Except for when they get stabbed, and they have weird glowy eyes, like all other monsters in this universe. So... Hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the worst scene? Okay. The worst scene in this episode is one of the girls who... There's an attempted kidnapping. Um, the girl in question is like walking with her friends, and then she leaves, and she gets attacked by the dragon. But the dragon leaves her, but then steals her promise ring. Okay. Right. Um, she is in the hospital. Sam and Dean go to interview her, and throughout the through the course of this conversation, is revealed that she is in fact not a virgin. She had sex once with uh, this guy named Matt, which is not supposed to count. So there is some subtext of the scene that less savvy viewers may not have picked up on. Yeah. So are you familiar with the loophole? Yes. The loophole. Oh, my God. It is the the get-out-of-jail-free card. For oh. young women who have been brain brainwashed into believing that if they lose their virginity before marriage, they're going to go to hell. The loophole is this. You want to have sex with your boyfriend, but you can't because of a 2,000-year-old manual on being a good person. Except not really, because your virginity has nothing to do with being a good person. So you need to give it up for your boyfriend. What are you going to do if you can't put the P to the V? Wait a minute, you have another hole back there, don't you? There it is, that's the loophole. Just have anal sex with your boyfriend. It I doesn't count, because your hymen doesn't break. My favorite take on the loophole is from Family Guy, where Meg has sex in the ear. Oh boy. Oh, and Lois Griffin yeah. is just like, fucking hell. 
Why? Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> yep. What? My favorite take on the loophole is the song Travis just shared, which is from yeah. Garfunkel and yes. Oates. Garfunkel and Oates, the loophole. Yep, it is. Right. Uh, so, so good. It's Random a tangent. great song. About these two, about Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, when I was working at the comedy club, I met several people. They are at the top. Yeah. Oh, best people? They were, they were the best. They were a adorable in person and incredibly sweet. Aww. Um, and you know what's great I, about the loophole? It actually does deconstruct the whole Madonna horror myth. Yeah. It, yeah. it actually, it doesn't demonize women who want to stay virgin or who don't want to have sex. Um, but it does make mention of the fact that like, no, you're not a bad person if you lose your virginity outside of wedlock. Mm-hmm. You're not a bad person if you decide to, to never have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is more than this fucking episode did. I will tell you that. So, yeah. And then uh, some of the comments that Dean makes in this scene are really gross. gross. Really gross. Um, I mean, there's just something gross about having, like... A grown-ass man comment on shit like that. Yeah, on on, yeah. on, on, on that just at all. Hmm. So, oh man, yeah, I'm looking at the official quotes page in the Supernatural Wiki, and you will oh, note that God. none of these quotes, none of the quotes are in there. Um, yeah. Probably for a reason, because people don't like them, because they're gross. Mm. They're not funny yeah. jokes, they're just, yeah. They're not jokes, they feel too real and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because here's the thing, in the course of doing research for the Freak of the Week on this episode, I looked up why do dragons like virgins and saw some Yahoo answers that were disgusting. Hey. Because people feel like that. (laughs) You just used the words Yahoo answers and disgusting in the same sentence, and I've got news. That's the same word. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing worse is Quora. (laughs) <laughs> oh man used Cora. Cora. no I do not yeah don't oh yeah and then Dean reads out sorry there's another moment where Dean reads uh, one of the missing girls uh, diaries this is where Sam gets in on it where he's like oh yeah Penny was 22 there's no way she could be a virgin because she's an adult right only children right. are virgins yeah. which is gross um, or only Ugh. teenagers, you know, not grown women. That's how you become a grown up. And then uh, Dean reads part of her diary. Uh, he says, "I've decided I'm going to give Stan my most precious gift." And Sam responds, "Wow, that sounded really creepy coming out of your mouth." Which I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound really creepy. You commenting on it doesn't make it better. <laughs> uh, it doesn't fix the issue. Oh, and then we've got uh, Sam and Dean saying, who Sam says, who would want virgins? Dean says, you got me. I prefer ladies with experience, which again is like, yikes. Yeah. I think something incredibly gross about this episode that we're not addressing, or maybe it's just that I'm a gross human being, is that Dean was surrounded by the duality of his interests when it comes to women. Which is, you have the younger, like, co-ed, 
age girl. Yeah. And then you have the MILF. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure what to do with this, or where to go with what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, it just felt... I don't know. I liked the line of her saying Bobby Singer is an asshole, like going down that whole rabbit hole. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it kind of... Okay, so let's connect this episode with, again, another supremely creepy moment in Supernatural that we've already referenced, which mm. in the after-school special episode of season four, where Dean makes comment on some of the high school mm. age students oh, yeah. being 18 and therefore fair game. Okay? Oof. That is... He yeah. doesn't say those words exactly, but that is the implication of the quote. I will it's, not take criticism on this. It's got the same <laughs> energy as there's grass in the field to play ball. Exactly, yeah. Oh, God. Which or, is I'm, the worst sentence ever. Bleh, bleh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Um, especially since... Well, let's not even go into that right now. Um, just, <laughs> I'm just going to say, underage girls have pubic hair sometimes it's a thing you know it happens like mm. they're still too young for you bro they're still too young yikes um yeah, do the math equation god damn it or if you have to ask yourself they probably are so this gets into the madonna whore dichotomy perfectly dean at several points in the show i won't say praise but he goes after women who are innocent and naive in some way mm. it's kind of it's it's not unique to dean right mm. this is a classic yeah. like like a you know dazed and confused the thing i like high school about high school girls i get older they say the same age right mm -hmm. a yeah. lot of like lecherous lecherous casanova types go after you know younger naive women because they're the idea is that they're easier to get into bed. You're kind of like tricking them somehow. Dean, we don't really see it from Dean. And I would say that when Dean actually does hook up with women, it's definitely usually with, um, you know, women who are his age, uh, which thank God, um, right. you yeah. know, they're not they're or when he is, you know, hitting on a younger woman in the case of Joe, Joe is very savvy and she rejects him. You know, mm -hmm. even though there is a little bit of a play there because she's still very attracted to him. And, yeah, she does have a crush on Dean. Um, and, but in the end, you know, Dean says no because I think he just sees her too much as, like, a younger sister. Um, yeah. But it's kind of one of those things where, like, the text is against what's actually happening in the story because Dean makes comments about, like, hitting on these women. Ooh, in the Valentine's Day episode, you know, Sam... Sam references Dean being excited about Valentine's Day, it being his favorite holiday, because that's when a bunch of desperate women are out, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, in this episode, he makes comments about wanting women with experience, a.k.a. women who are not virgins, who have had sex. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he wants women that are naive, that he can go after and kind of, like, trick into bed, but also, they can't be virgins because... You know, it, it's kind of like you're demonizing women for what you want. Very like a Cla Claude Frollo in Hunchback of mm. Notre Dame. Yeah, 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 yeah. He desires this type of woman, but he is also 
he also finds it something that is bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a particularly gross thing because other aspects of Dean char- Dean's character are not like this. When yeah. we see Dean with women, it is with savvy women who are his age and, you know, are not uh, are not pushovers. They're very they're very strong and 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 you know emotionally savvy sometimes more than dean is because dean is so stunted you know emotional growth wise um and which yay prefer that Mm -hmm. um and newsflash your virginal status has nothing to do with you being that type of person you know Mm -hmm. you being a virgin or not doesn't doesn't decide how you you know whether how how naive you are and so on and so forth um this is like a media thing though uh yeah yeah i don't know if that was very clear but i have a lot i mean of it's a media it. thing but it's also like there's kind of a real life thing too like the big thing in the zeitgeist right now is tiger king yeah and there's a lot of examples of that in tiger king that are happening like in real life yeah explain uh, Doc Antle's oh, yeah. whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is his M.O. Yeah. Is going after younger girls who probably have never had sex before, so he's their first. Oh, I'm not saying that there isn't, that that isn't a thing that, like, men don't go after younger, like, naive women to try to, like, prey on them. That is definitely a thing. What I'm saying is somebody being a virgin really doesn't have that much like oh i see effect on their personality like you can still be okay so like you can still be somebody like ellen and be a virgin do you see what i'm saying you can be somebody like lisa i mean you can't be like well you could be a mom if you adopted or otherwise inseminated but like Mm -hmm. you can be you can have a personality type like lisa and still be a virgin your virgin status has nothing to do with that. It doesn't mean you're a child. It doesn't mean you're, you know, naive or, you know, whatever. It literally just means you haven't had sex yet. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this show pushes it is like, yikes. <laughs> just yeah. yikes. Um, Big yikes. So, yeah. Actually, I hate this episode. Fuck Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that happens more often. That we start, it's like, you know what, I remember this This episode's fine. Then we start, like, cutting to the bone. Yeah, then right. we start talking about it, and we're like, actually, fuck this episode. And then we're yeah. like, oh, actually, it has a terrible message. <laughs> and, and, and somebody might be like, well, why does it matter? It's just supernatural. Who cares? Well, again, it kind of matters because of the, that, that, you know, Yahoo Answers post. Yeah. In so the question was why do dragons prefer women? And even though dragons don't exist, somebody felt the need to give an explanation that dragons prefer virgin women because virgins have more worth. What the fuck? Yeah. And I guarantee that that guy actually thinks that and mm. there are a lot of people who think that. Not just men, you know, everybody of all genders. Well, maybe not all genders, but there are a lot of women who think that as well. And it's really fucked up because it's not true. So, yeah. 
All right. All right. Well, tell us more about dragons, Ari. Dragons yeah. are cool. They are awesome. Yeah, dragons are awesome. And we will try to answer the question of why dragons prefer, prefer versions or virgins, or at least we'll get to what my favorite answer is of that question in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but the first thing you have to know about dragons is that dragons are super fucking old, and they are in a lot of cultures. Yeah. <laughs> They're Chinese. Uh... Mesopotamia dragons show up as early as like Mesopotamia art. Um, they're in the Bible. Uh, they're in basically every country has its own type of dragons, and there are a lot of really cool dragon designs. My personal favorite are like the very classic Chinese dragons, which mm -hmm. are just super serpentine. You know, maybe they have like tiny arms and legs. I like how they fly, just kind of weaving in and out of the sky. I think yeah. they're wonderful. Um, the word dragon comes from uh, the Greek, which means uh, like protector. Um, and I like I see, I look over things, which uh, kind of is a reference to the fact that dragons traditionally are hoarders, right? They have yeah. They they like to take gold and put it in caves and 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 protect it. Um, I think one of the most famous dragons in all of Western literature is smog and Absolutely. that is his whole mo mm -hmm. um dragons show up in ancient egypt um one of the one of the famous dragons in ancient egypt is apep a giant serpent who is in the egyptian underworld um and and that you know references to him show up as early as 310 bc there has been some explanation that dragons actually evolved out of dinosaurs um, no, dinosaurs and humans did not exist at the same time, but it's possible <laughs> some of these ancient cultures, yeah, uh, some of these ancient cultures, like, found dinosaur fossils and bones and were like, well, what could have this been? Well, a giant serpentine, you know, figure that flies through the sky and has bat-like wings and so on. I think one of the best arguments for how we know that like humans and dinosaurs didn't exist at the same time but still dragons maybe evolved from dinosaurs like or like yeah. the idea of dragons evolved from dinosaurs is that uh there would be a lot more feathered dragons yes because as we all know yeah. dinosaurs had feathers <laughs> so um we don't we don't really see feathered dragons like i said very scaly Feather dragons would be dope, though. Feather dragons would be dope as fuck. Well, Tumblr, get on it. Hang on a second. You'd, okay. I think some wyverns do have some feathers, depending on where mm, they're from. Yeah. Oh, shit. Actually, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Wyverns, so wyverns are the dragons that actually you see in Skyrim. They're the ones with the big bat wings that have little, like, hands at the end. Mm-hmm. Much like uh, pterodactyls, actually. So maybe you're not too far off. Yeah, maybe the ancients. I've uh, I've heard that the distinction between like a wyvern and a full-on dragon is that like a dragon has four. It's got like two feet and two arms, and also can fly. Yeah. Where a wyvern is like the dragons, the Skyrim dragons. So do you remember yeah. the Quest for Camelot movie, animated movie? No. Okay, it came out no, in the 90s, and it had uh, the prayer in it. You know, what? the prayer, it's a song. I can't sing it, because mm. I don't remember the... Mem like, that's the most famous thing about the movie, is that song. Um, 
but it uh, basically the dragons in that, and they're Siamese dragons that have two arms, two heads, tiny wings on their back, and two legs. Those are oh. like dragon dragons, right? Gotcha. Also, yeah. they're one of them is voiced by John Cleese, and <laughs> that movie is not very good. Don't watch it. But yeah. I don't know. Look up a clip on YouTube or something. Um, dragons are also mentioned in Revelation. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's the great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns. Um, it also shows up in the uh, Hebrew Bible. So, uh, you know, we also get references to uh, the devil being a great serpent, right? Mm, yeah. That sort of thing. Um, dragons aren't always evil. Sometimes they're, you know, images of wisdom uh, ancient wisdom, so on and so forth, particularly in like East Asian cultures, but we're not really talking about that today because these are clearly like Western, Western yeah. Um If Supernatural ever did, uh, you know, Asian dragons, that would be interesting and probably grossly mishandled because we've seen what they've done to other cultures, you know, myths, and it usually doesn't go super yeah. well. Uh, in the in the Middle Ages, of course, dragons were a huge part of that. Probably one of the most famous dragon stories is St. George and the Dragon, um, where George has to go slay the dragon and save, uh, you know, the princess woman. It's pretty classic, uh, St. George saving, or, you know, knights saving princesses from dragons. Mm-hmm. And it's really been deconstructed a lot over the years in ways that are pretty great. I actually really like dragons. I think they're very cool. And um, some of my favorite stories are dragon stories. Like Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales. tales. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually was a pretty big fan of the first Aragon book. I definitely think that series went off the rails, but come on. Dragon Riders, that's cool. Dragon Riders yeah. in Perth, that's great. How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon, a delightful movie. Bad Dragon. Ooh. Nope, not no. that. <laughs> not that one. Ooh, Dragon Heart. That's a good movie. Oh, Dragon Heart. That movie was goofy as fuck. Yeah, and I love it. There's a second one, too. Oh, a basilisk, basilisk is sometimes thought of as a dra- like a type of dragon. It oh, goes yeah. back to the whole, yeah. like, oh, yeah. great Hair, dragons thing. in Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. They're Did cool. you guys ever watch uh, Reign of Fire? No. No. So it's set in, like, I think it's either UK or or America. But it's set in like very modern times in that dragons have come back, have woken up, and it's like Matthew McConaughey, Gerard Butler, and a few other like kind of big names for the time, because I think it was made like mid or early aughts, Mm -hmm. and they, it's like the US military is trying to take on dragons. It's pretty bad. It's it's not a great movie, but it's kind of badass. Yeah, like got a really good premise, and maybe that gets you through the terribleness of it. The schlock, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do love movies that are fantastically terrible. Oh, I highly suggest it. Yeah. Let's see. Let me see who else is in it, right quick. Uh, Yeah, it's got a three out of five on IMDb and a six point two on Google. It looks like full cast and crew. Because I want to say it's got Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey, Isabella Scarupo. That sounds right. Let's see if anybody else is big. But yeah, those were the 
big names, and it's not a bad movie, but it's just fucking schlocky as hell. Yeah. But it's there. I think there was a video game for it as well, where you either controlled a dragon or just Whoa. rode on the back of a dragon trying to fight other ones. Um, that sounds fucking awesome as shit, and I'm gonna watch it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, dragons, man. Cool as fucking shit. Yeah, dragons are awesome. Huge fan. Um, let's talk about why dragons prefer virgins real quick. Yeah, why do they? So, uh, is... Are they tastier? Um, well, yes, but unrelated. Um, no. (laughs) Um, so I don't know if I, I, I did google it and that is where I found the awful Yahoo Answers answer um, but I couldn't find any really official sources and I think the best explanation for why dragons prefer virgins actually comes out of a fantasy novel um, yeah. f- written by uh, Vivi- Vivian Veldy Vandy uh it's called Dragon's Bait. It's a very short, quick read, you know, a little YA book. And basically it's about this young woman named Alice who gets accused of being a witch. And to deal with her, the village village people that she lives with decide to leave her for a dragon because she is a young maid. Hmm. And the dragon, um, she ends up escaping uh, before she can get eaten by the dragon and basically is like starts to escape but then is like where am I going to go my entire life is this village and they've just all portrayed me and also my father died because of it and I'm just really mad and I want revenge so she starts throwing rocks at the dragon being like come eat me you son of a bitch and this causes <laughs> the dragon to get become interested in her and of course because this is a YA fantasy novel for young girls he turns into a hot guy and <laughs> is basically like, why are you throwing rocks at me? I will help oh you get God. revenge because I love revenge because I'm a dragon. And uh, yeah, that basically uh, be- becomes the plot. These two team up to get revenge on the people who betrayed her. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's a really pretty great novel. Um, you know, pretty great little story. But in it, Alice asks the dragon... Why do dragons prefer virgin women? And the dragon says, well, I can't speak for all dragons, but I don't like virgin women. I don't like maids. I am offered maids. And Alice is like, why? And he says, because a maid is unlikely to be the leader of a village or the, an important religious head. A maid is expendable to the powers that be. And that's why... So I was looking Maidens for a fucking red shirt. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's got any historical basis, but I think it's a pretty good explanation. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And so that's what I go with. <laughs> I think in their kind of a in their kind of a historical stereotype, not like historical as in it lives on, but like back in the day there was a a stereotype about like women who were maids that were also like spinsters like either had never been with someone or were you know something like that 
Um, Did I just make all that up? I don't know what... I mean, yeah, spinsters existed. I don't really know what it relates to the dragons. I will say one of the earliest stories of, like, young maiden being offered up as a sacrifice to a dragon is actually from um, ancient Greece, and that would be the myth of uh, Ariadne. Oh, yes. Um, oh, wait, no. Maybe I've got that wrong. I thought she was. Anyways, so, yeah, there is a, uh, a, a myth where Ariadne, or uh, one of the, you know, Grecian pr- princesses is just kind of, like, chained to a rock and mm-hmm. um, left as a sacrifice for this, you know, dragon, snake, sea monster that is uh, harassing this town and, or, you know, the city-state in ancient Greece. And um, she gets saved by the hero it's a whole thing, but uh, she, um, you know, this is this is a very old example, and I think it's, I think it has something to do with like women in you know mythology are often left in the damsel in distress roles where they get saved by the hero. Right. Um, <clears throat> you, you know, it goes back to the to the you know, of course they're virgins because they're young maids because we live in a patriarchal society where a woman's sexuality is very tightly controlled. So it's less that um, dragons prefer virgins. It's that dragons prefer young women and, and young, you know, young unmarried women are just going to be virgins because they're young and unmarried. Yeah. Right. Well, and so for keeping on with the like <clears throat> dragons and young women and virgins, is it also like it's not necessarily that the dragon prefers the virgin or the young woman. It's that the hero who defeats the dragon gets the young woman as a prize for defeating the dragon. Right? You know? Yeah, that's what I like. Thinking. I feel like that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of these stories are rooted in in that want, like who. Who was who was propagating these stories? Right. And then you can. What I'm thinking is like, like going a little biblical, in that there's a lot of passages in the Bible where women shouldn't be leaders of the church, and whatnot like that, and which means they don't have a whole lot of importance when it comes to like the workplace, and why not give them away as a treasure to a dragon or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the whole. It's going back to Dragon's Bait, where it's like women are expendable because they're not leaders in the. I mean, you don't want to lose too many women, right? Because yeah. then you wouldn't have anyone to have your babies. But um, women are not usually going to be leaders, or especially young yeah. maids. Um, they are objects in stories a lot of the time, to be yeah. won or to be rescued. They're essentially living MacGuffins um, mm. in a lot of myths. And there has been a lot of talk about how, like, you know, when you watch Die Hard and there's really no reason for John McClane's ex-wife to get back with him, but wouldn't she be really mad if she didn't? Isn't it kind of expected that she would? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. It's, and, I mean, we don't know why they broke... Well, maybe we do. It's been a really long time since I've seen Die Hard. But, um... I don't necessarily remember why they broke up in the first place or why they were incompatible. I don't know why this one thing where, you know, 
John McClane rescues the tower would mean that he's changed and is going to be a better husband and father. But I do know that a lot of people would have been very unsatisfied if they didn't end up back together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, women are in stories a lot of the time are prizes for men. And Mm -hmm. you see a lot of backlash when when that doesn't happen. Um, So going back to like Hunchback of Notre Dame, when that movie came out, a lot of people were really upset that Esmeralda didn't end up with Quasimodo because he's, he's the hero. And I saw some people yeah. who were like, well, wouldn't you want to see, you know, a, a disfigured, um, like, guy end up with a hot, beautiful woman and say that, like, yeah, like, you know, people with disabilities do find love and do get married. And it's like, sure, but you also don't want to say that women are prizes that you earn, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Just yeah. yikes. <laughs> Just a big, big yikes for me, dog. Yeah, big. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, it is what it is, and hopefully Supernatural will do better, and mm-hmm. stories will do better. And that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy Supernatural. I certainly do. It's still one of my yeah. favorite shows, but it does oh, yeah. have these issues with gender and race. It, it's, uh, so. <laughs> it's like chewing gum. Yeah. You know? It's it's good to like, you know, get it in your mouth, chew it up for a while, enjoy the taste, and then spit it out, not try and digest it. Right. Yeah. Good metaphor, Ben. You redeemed mm-hmm. yourself from the earlier metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is about balance. The duality of Ben. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I wanna hear from the listeners. Do you guys like this episode? Uh if so why? Or did you like season six a lot more than we're liking it? Uh, change our minds. Yeah, because I am not liking it. Yeah. Um, I've actually heard a take on the uh, Route 666 episode that I had not thought of that makes me oh, kind of yeah? look back on that episode a little more fondly than I did when I first started. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, isn't it kind of cool that Dean has a relationship with a black woman in a show that came out in 2005? It yeah. is pretty cool. Isn't it kind of awesome that she can go head-to-head with him, even though she is not a hunter? Um, mm. Isn't it kind of sad that she never shows up again? And so yeah. on and so forth. So, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully things take and get better from here, both in Supernatural and outside of Supernatural. So. Yeah, hopefully things will get better. Travis. Yeah. The next episode is called Unforgiven. Unforgiven. What's it about? Uh, Sam and Dean walk into a Catholic church, and it's confessional time. So they they walk into the confessional booth. Both of them do. They both squeeze in there, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and they at the same time go forgive me father for i've sinned and the priest is like go on do what what do you got to do about and then they relay everything that they've ever done from the beginning of the series to the end to this moment and then the priest is like wow and that's it. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's it's a, a flashback recap episode. show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a recap episode. A la Yu-Gi-Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, 
Real quick, something I liked about this episode that we didn't mention. Uh-huh. I liked the recap music. Yeah, the the Jethro Tull. Yeah. It was it was really awesome. I liked that. Well, and like I even um <laughs> th- this is one of those things like you know how it popped up and it set the road so far. Yeah. But Carry On My Wayward Son didn't start playing. Well, it's not the end of the season yet. It, well, yeah, and that's why. And like, you can't no matter uh, how much started, you wish it, Travis. And like, well, like the road so far popped up, and then that song started playing, and then Cat was still in the room when I started it, and she was like, "Wait, isn't isn't Carry On My Wayward Son supposed to play?" I mean, yes. And I was but... like, "Yes, but not this time." It's <laughs> they realized how like how like too on the nose that song is for them and they really only started using it for like really big moments which I appreciate right yeah yeah alright well gotta spread that classic rock money around yeah mm-hmm. it compliments Sam Lynch that's what we're doing we started yeah, out with complimenting go. the B part and then we shit on Supernatural and now we've got another compliment and that we liked the recap portion there we go there was something unnecessary in the recap i thought at least no we did a compliment sandwich ben we're done no i'm just gonna go on (laughs) no this is like the olive on a toothpick stuck into the sandwich uh which was the scene with meg and she's tied up on the table oh yeah yeah. that didn't need to be in there yeah fucking why casual sexism That's the best word to describe supernatural. Casual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys. In more ways than they need to be. We have been accused of being a little too anti-Dean and a little too pro-Sam in this show. Particularly me. And this is another episode where we shit on Dean a lot. And we shit on Sam too, but um, here's the thing. The writers wrote Dean to be kind of a casual, jokey-jokey, ha-ha, lovable misogynist. They just Mm. did that, okay? It is Dean's character archetype. Mm. It's not uncommon to Dean. I still like Dean. Star-Lord has the same problem. Star-Lord is also a ha-ha, jokey, casual misogynist, lovable Mm -hmm. misogynist, and I still like him. Uh, John McClane is the same. I really like Die Hard. I'm sure we can think of others, too. It's really common. Uh, every protagonist of a Michael Bay movie is uh, not lovable, necessarily, but jokey, ha-ha, mm-hmm. casual misogynist. Um, I would definitely say Tony Stark is, and Iron Man's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, so, this isn't a criticism on Dean specifically, it's not even really just a criticism on Supernatural. It's a criticism on this character archetype. Yeah. The fact that it exists to begin with. Like, the show did that. They they knew what they were doing. Or maybe they didn't know to the extent, but we grow up with these tropes. They influence storytelling and our lives. And I think part of one of the negatives of, like... So, Hollywood storytelling is so structured. Um, and we've talked... We joked before about, like the three-act versus five-act structure without really going into what those are. And I think Mm -hmm. next episode, because Supernatural does follow, a the the singular episodes follow three-act structures, very strict three-act structures, and I think next episode will actually break down what the three-act structure is. Um, 
but uh, Hollywood stories are very structured and they're very full of tropey and a lot of them follow like a lot of Hollywood movies follow like the classic hero's journey John Campbell hero's journey um, even mm-hmm. though a lot of myths and books don't although people think they do we'll get into that another yeah. day but um, I think one of the negatives of that is that a lot of stories will start to look the same yeah. And tr- tropes are different from cliches in that they're not necessarily bad. Archetypes are different from cliches in the same way. They are the tools with which people use to write stories, and that's not necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing. But it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all to storytelling. Yeah. And, yeah. End of sentence. So, yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this up and... Let's do hope, it. Hope for better things next week. Guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. I know this season's been pretty dreary, both in what's happening in the show and outside <laughs> of the show, but we love you guys and we love Supernatural, so thank you so much. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our Patreon page and our website, habcast.com. You can find links to all of our social media. And then on Patreon, we have, uh, you know, other episodes, uh, another show we do called LSA, where we watch things that are supernatural, actors have been in that are not supernatural. Um, We've done Friday the 13th and Lost and Devour and... The Magicians. The Magicians, uh, which gets the twofer of having a supernatural actor in it and also being another Sarah Gamble show. So that was a lot of fun. We might might do something like that again. Um, We also release like bonus content that doesn't make into the episode. Stuff Travis cuts out because it's irrelevant or, you know, too much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, you know, please, please come support us on Patreon, uh, especially during these trying times, if you can, because you might, you might find some stuff you like. Please uh, share the show with friends and family, and your priest, your grocer, your dog sitter. Um, I think they could all use a little habcast light in their lives. Uh, consider leaving us a review and talking to us on Twitter. We love to hear from our fans. And until next time, have fun. And don't die.